Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, and end of season means nothing to us, it just means another weekend, even on Father's Day, in fact this is... Especially on Father's Day. This is a gift to to, to, to ourselves and each other, being here with you on Father's Day in the Rugby Dungeon for this podcast, where we're going to take in what little rugby there was this weekend, talk about the other stories in the rugby world, and let you know about what's going on. Um, JB's right there. Hello Timothy. Uh, we are not streaming on YouTube at the moment, and it's just as well because yeah. I'm looking at those those toes. Yeah, <laughs> and apparently I'm not allowed to be uh, sockless in my own, in my own home. <laughs> they're so dirty. I've been walking. They're I walk so around big and so I, dirty. I, I walk around barefoot. I walk basically around Charles and barefoot if it wasn't so socially unacceptable. Well, no, Charles is one of the places that is it is socially no, acceptable. But if I do that, I'm you're one of them. I'm one of them, aren't I? I'm one of their people. <laughs> Yes, and um, uh, yeah, Phil's here. Hello, Tim. Phil, hello. Right, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, and at the top of that Twitter account is a link currently to buy your tickets for our live show. More on that in a little bit, but uh, thank you very much for everyone that's got on board. Had a really good start, so um, it's shaping up already. Yeah, I can't believe how many people have always signed up. I know, it's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Come on, we've had we've had 200 odd people come with us to Madrid. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna. So uh, we have some T-shirts which we just couldn't get around to selling, or well, not get around selling. We just couldn't get around to getting them on the bloody internet. So we've got I've got all these T-shirts with egg chasers across the front. Now the reason I'm telling you this is because I feel like I should give out as many of these T-shirts as I can to make sure there's egg chasers T-shirts in the crowd for Stephen Jones's warm-up act. <laughs> Oh yeah! So, was, so you're going to be stood outside giving them out for free? I yeah. <laughs> so so all right. So let's do this now. So there is a live event happening. We're having a live podcast. We apologise again for not doing one during the Six Nations. We didn't have a tier two talk as young Thomas. Sorry guys. Who's, Thomas says sorry. Thomas is what six six months now? Uh, no, only four months. Four months. Just over four months. Yes, of course he is. But he'll have to live with the shame forever. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I keep reminding him. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Young Thomas's arrival meant we couldn't have a live podcast, but this is what we're doing. 7th of September at Twickenham Stadium in the newly renovated East Stand, we are going to be doing a live show uh, with a load of other rugby shows as well. So this is our Negroni party. This is our JB 2020 rugby committee launch. Launch, yep. This is a World Cup preview on the day that England fly out to Japan. 
This is the night, the day after they fly to Italy. It gets underway at half ten in the morning, goes on all day, and you can be there. Tickets, www.podcastlive.com. Yeah, and here, the first 20 people, right, to send me a tweet saying that you've bought your ticket can have one of the green Egg Chasers t-shirts. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, just, we'll, bring, we'll bring them to Twickenham and... And well, first, oh, that's a good point, actually. First yeah. people there, because we've already had more loads more than that sign up that are saying yeah, yeah, to come. But, They'll be yeah, a bit cheesed ne- off. For the next 20. But you, <laughs> right. the, yeah. Oh, no, but people, could, people could just... Yeah, from, from today, from today. Oh, yeah, from today. Is. So people could, just, people could just screenshot I'll, their ticket. I'll, I'll know their name when they, when they tweet me. Screenshot their ticket. Yeah, it's easy. It's not beyond the wit of man. Screenshot your shut your ticket, but not in a way that anyone could yeah. print it out and bring and, it along. And get the Stephen Jones warm-up first. So, yes, we're there. Uh, the Times podcast is there. Brian Moore is there. So as JB's highlighted, oh, yeah. Stephen Jones and Brian Moore. And if you've, if, you've seen, if you've seen JB on Twitter down the years, you'll know that this could be a, a really fun day. There's Under the Sticks. There's Q Commentator. There's, I've forgotten some others, but there's loads of podcasts. More to be all added great, as well. All great podcasts. Podcastlive.com. We are dead excited about this one. Thank you to everyone that's already signed up. And yeah, come along. It's going to be a really, really good day. Make a day of it. And you two are going off to Blooming Japan, aren't you? We are. We've got three weeks there. Or just under three weeks following um, the team of freedom. The team of number 45, USA. It's not It's not cheap, Japan. My, no. no so, my, so my point being, oh. there's a lot of people that can't be there. And you're saving yourself a bunch of money by not going. Well, admittedly, you're not going to Japan. Mm-hmm. But... Just get get yourself along. This is how to start the World Cup if you can't be in Japan. Exactly. You will not get a more informed opinion, except for <laughs> from all the other podcasts that there about Japan uh, than listening you, to well, us. Well, you'll definitely get opinion. We can't promise it's informed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah Nick Heath has been, been out to Japan. You've been watching his stuff? No. Oh, right. It's, it's pretty good, actually. Quite enjoying it. I'm, I'm more, I'm, my social media is more spent just checking up on what rugby players are doing on their summer holidays. Yeah, exactly. And what mm. are rugby players doing on their summer holidays, Tim? Um, they are, well... They are a lot of them are in groups that they're, they're going around in packs together. Oh, um, most of the forwards or uh, no, a lot of backs together. Well, no, in fact, just you know, it's a, a real mix. Uh, and they are, I mean, this is a standard picture. This is what a lot of rugby players are doing. I'm looking at Sam Hill's picture, and he's in Bali with a bunch of Exeter Chiefs, uh, and they're all wearing speedos at a. Uh, any other players spotted on holiday? I did see that. Um... Johnny Sexton, uh, Lensterman, oh, was, with, was with two Munstermen, with Keith Earls and Peter Romani. That, unbelievable. Yeah, traitor. Uh, he actually said on his Twitter that he's coming back to training, did he not? I, I guess that's Irish training, though. That was a, Yeah, well, that was a week or so ago. Was it? Yeah. What, what's, what do you reckon Tom Curry would do on his summer holiday? Tom Curry? They're very sensible, those curries. <laughs> now, okay, so I, I'm going to give some insight into Tom Curry. Tom Curry is very much falling in line with some of the thoughts of James O'Connor in terms of wellness. So maybe he's gone to do something like, Ooh. I don't know, move like a goat for three weeks. I've got no idea. <laughs> Combined with a mental health wellness retreat. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's gone with some mates to... Yoga. Saint-Tropez. Oh. And they've they've been doing cycling. That is so sensible. That's so Curry-ish. Yeah. yeah. Fair play. Yeah, there we go. You mentioned James O'Connor. <laughs> Can we talk about Australian international James O'Connor? <laughs> We've mentioned this before, haven't we? <laughs> yes, we have. His, his um, 
like you know, some people go to yoga classes, CrossFit classes, um, circuits. Oh no! All the rest. Some people. Um, what do people do for wellness and stuff? Some people Mind- see psychologists, mindfulness, mindfulness meditation, meditation, that kind of thing. All basically nonsense. <laughs> not, not, not all nonsense. It's all not make Yo- yoga. Yoga's nonsense, yeah. Hot yoga is amazing. <laughs> yeah, hot yoga's nonsense. Yoga's great for deep stretching. Whatever. I've never like I, I did. I did hot yoga <laughs> once and thought been... I did hot yoga once and thought it would be like stretching, and I came. Out, I've heard it's very I've, very difficult. I've never had a wetter t-shirt that it was i had to wring it out but isn't that because it's really hot it's partly but you know you have to work properly yeah. hard yeah i mean i don't really like hot environments anyway uh you know meditation is a complete waste of time um <laughs> so um yeah all right sam harris <laughs> yeah uh, let's not get into that um this is um a clip that we found on um on instagram which is just monumental have a guess what um james o'connor is doing here <laughs> that's, that's like that's like you on the podcast normally <laughs> heavy breathing in the background any ideas what that is any ideas what that is I know what it sounds like you need to turn it up a bit yeah so um, yeah it's not it's not only James O'Connor engaging in this it's also um, Danny Cipriani so they're yep. both out in California doing a... Oh, is it California? I'm guessing it's California. It looks like... Let's call it California. Um, yeah, it's, it's Malibu. Malibu's California, is it not? Yeah, it is. Um, doing oh. meditation, maybe, or breathing exercises. That is the biggest con on earth. I've seen a few of these guys now, and they class themselves as breathing coaches. Have you ever felt you needed a, a coach to help breathe, Phil? <laughs> Um, Where would you get qualified? Is, that is a great question. Who tests you? That's a great question. Well, what, what does your CPD look like? What happens if you fail? <laughs> <laughs> a, these are all great questions. Like, how do they ensure good practice? There is also, have you seen his previous post where he's underwater holding dumbbells? No. Which is... Doesn't that kind of negate yeah. the, the point of <laughs> weights? Just use uh, a lighter weight. Oh, dear. There is a... Oh, um, James. No. <laughs> but why is he the only one doing this? The others aren't doing it. Well, there's one guy who's really in it. One's really, really going for it. Oh, yeah. One of them looks a bit embarrassed. Like... Fair play. Is this Tantra they're doing? I've got no idea, mate. I have <laughs> no idea. But, um... But... They're all... getting in touch with their manliness, aren't they? A lot, like their their um something. There's a lot the of stuff test... I've seen before. There's a lot of test... there's a... Uh, testosterone in yes, that video. Yes, there really is. So this strikes me as something because uh, I've met James O'Connor a few times. He's an absolutely lovely bloke. Actually, so is Danny Cipriani, who I've spoken to uh, many times now, and they're both lovely blokes. Blokes, but this is the sort of activity you could only get away with if you are. Very senior in your club, and nobody tells you what to do hardly ever. Because there's no way that Phil could get away with this. I mean, me and you would destroy him. You know, there's no way. It, it's the kind of activity you've got to be right at the top, top of the tree to engage in. Because no academy boys are doing that, and they're definitely not going to be putting it on their Instagram. No. That is for certain. Yeah, they'd be doing it in stealth. No <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, mate? Oh, uh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> 
Wow. In fact, they'd probably lie about watching porn on their phones before saying that they were... <laughs> oh, I, I, I was watching... Just, um... just some porn. Just <laughs> making noise to the super fast uh, Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, they'd rather say that than uh, I went to a meditation retreat. So, yeah, that's what that's what they've been up to. And you can imagine... Well, maybe they'll be so into it and, and because I suppose in Danny Cipriani's case, he is top of the tree at Gloucester. Hundred percent, he is. He, he'll go back and 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 sort of go, lads, come on, everyone, in a huddle, let's oh, go, let's go, no. all of us, let's go. You <laughs> 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 just imagine the uh, South African lads; they're really getting on board with that. <laughs> oh, Ackerman would give him a clip round the ear, wouldn't he? Well, it is. It's funny, isn't it, how these cultures develop? Like, yeah, you know, when Stuart Lancaster was involved, for instance. His culture was signing shirts. You know, you got to write a message on your shirt. And like, if everyone buys into it, you don't want to be the only guy not to write. You know, the message about your mum on the t-shirt. It's just, so there is something in something in that. If these lads come back and say, you know, we've got to, you know, to get together and move like panthers, and then after <laughs> after panther hour, we're going to get together and you know be really thoughtful about the earth. People are going to have to do it. Well, Jay, if you start doing it, you exactly, know, you know what's going to happen. The culture will infuse across me well, and Tim. Yeah, because. How many people are, are on board with Negroni culture now? In Negroni culture. Yeah. Well, now that, that or not is a more. far easier culture to get on board with. And far more challenging, Well, frankly. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, far more challenging, yeah. yeah. It's easier to get on board with, and it is more challenging. Uh, yeah, we've, um, I don't know why we didn't think of this, but um, we, we should have come out with a, an Egg Chasers range of Negroni Father's Day packs. There's a lot of people that have enjoyed their Negroni uh, in on Father's Day, Matt Hole being one in Detroit, downtown Detroit. Oh, fair play. Father's Day Negroni. Um, Ali Baxter, oh no, sorry, Finding Cotton, I beg your pardon, um, found a barrel-aged Negroni. I'm not sure that's necessary. Yeah, I mean, you just mix them. They, there's no real benefit. If anything, it's going to change the taste because you're going to get infusion. It depends what type of barrel it is. If, if it's In which a, case, it's not a Negroni then. If it's a oak barrel or it's a former sherry cask barrel, you're going to be changing the complexity of the drink. So yeah. I'm not for that. Absolutely not. R- Ryan Lunan found that uh, coffee... Beer, ristretto, Negroni, coffee, Negroni, yeah, and ale. And uh, Matt Skeets got a father, his Father's Day gift was a Negroni kit oh, and and, a Har- look- and Harlequin's cap. Oh, that's well, that is thoughtful. That Very is. thoughtful. They obviously knew he was a an Egg Chasers listener and thought there's only one thing an Egg Chasers listener needs, except for tickets to the live show. Correct. Um, right. Did, uh, well, did uh, you mention? Did you mention Matt Skeets on Twitter? Just yeah. then, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just then, yeah, yeah. The Pizza Express Negroni. Pizza Express Negroni. He's got Prosecco when it doesn't count. Yes, my, my, exactly. My dear friend Paul Godfrey from the Pilot Episodes pod nearly made the same mistake of getting a Negroni in a Pizza Express only to find out there was Prosecco in it. Oh no, that is not a Negroni. That wouldn't be. That would. That would. That would be slightly sweeter. That wouldn't be as as, is, as horrendously not, bitter. That's mm. an Aperol spritz ruined by adding Camparo and sweet red vermouth. Yeah, correct. Quite. Um, uh, hey, there was some rugby this weekend, boys. 15 minutes into a rugby podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I, 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 well, we, we talked about rugby players. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, we've <laughs> ta- everything we've talked about is related to rugby. <laughs> I, I guess it is, Tim. I guess it is. Um, top 14 final happened. Yes. And, uh, well, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good game. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a very entertaining game. It was not the highest standard. Of, it wasn't It wasn't the highest standard of rugby. Go so on. It, it was... Brilliantly physical. There's some amazing players on show. I can't help but think that neither team executed the game plan as well as they would have done. Yeah. Uh, Claremont, for example, their kicking game at times was just not good enough. To me, this was the best game of level 8 rugby I've ever seen. So, (laughs) 
It was yeah, even it was, better than Tok H. No, it's not that good. Well, no, Tok H <laughs> is be- are literally better coached than both these teams. Like, I would back our line out against both of them. I mean, that is a genuine comment. Um, I'd love to see that. They I'd they literally had no idea uh, come line out of time. But the reason I say it is the best level eight game, they're obviously immense players. So when you talk about the world-class touches, well, it's world-class individuals. Yeah. But the world-class individuals playing level eight rugby in the sense that, yeah, sure, they get together on Tuesdays and they run a, you know, they run a rangy and they, and they run, and they run like miss one and they've got a handful Gregan of Gregan ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gregan, uh, that obviously made an appearance. Um, they w- operate twin towers in line out defense <laughs> yeah. and that's basically all that they do. I mean, like the, there isn't much in the way of subtlety to how, how these te- two teams played. But I tell you what, rugby is so much better for the fact that Claremont and Toulouse are top of the tree again. Yeah. Love the teams. And they are so well supported. Yeah. The, the fans, the Jeans, the Claremont fans are incredible. But the Toulouse fans, you see the, the Toulouse team, their celebration, the sing-song with um, Mola after the game... Can't say I did actually. Awesome, really good. There's a few good videos of it on Twitter. Well, worth, worth watching. If there's an impact on on the Premiership, it will be on Leicester. Leicester needs to look at Toulouse and work out how a club who used to be great now become great again, and look at Toulouse after a long time of not yeah. being great. Was it first win in nine years? About that. Um, yeah. I've yeah, I think eight years ago they might have won it. Well, I think they got they got uh, good coaches and they spent a shit ton of money. Yeah, but everyone does. You know, it's it's like saying, um, you know, Lance Armstrong trains hard. He's a good cyclist, and he had a load of drugs. Like they all had a, had a load of drugs, <laughs> so that sort of levels itself out. I mean, you know, there are teams like Leon who are spending. Yeah, you're right. Like, and... um, it turned like after the Ben Johnson got done for anabolic steroids and got stripped of his gold medal at the Seoul Olympics in 1988. He, it turns out, years later. There was only one person in that lineup that wasn't. Does he, uh, does he, did he get all three medals? Well, no, he was the only one that got banned. <laughs> they, they go down so far and then they just stop. Oh, do they? Because like, there was. It turns out like this is uh, ridiculous. I yes, think like will. after he retired, Carl Lewis was found to have been a drugs cheat. After, was he? Yeah. After he retired, Linford Christie was found to have been a drugs cheat. Or yep. on his, on his uh, lap. no last race, wasn't it? But mind you, it's always your last race if you get caught at the race. <laughs> exactly. So it's like the but but the like, thought the thought was they were all on it. So I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I mean, they've all got cash and so on and so forth. But um, Toulouse have brought through some, some genuine world-class young players. Pont is electric, Dupont isn't he? Is but, but he came through from cast. Oh, well, yeah, he did, didn't he? Ramos, well, he was... Ramos has come through the, yeah, Ram- the, yeah. the loose-head yeah. uh, by... Um, he's come through Toulouse. Young French prop. It's like, I mean, who knew who, who knew Cheslin Colby's name a year or so ago? Yeah. Well, yeah, not, I mean, some the same. Did. Certainly not. Uh, but one. also, like the old guys who are still playing, Medard is still playing. Uge. Uge. Oh, he was a, I saw a Go stat. This can't be right. He's the first person ever in a top fourteen final to score two tries. Is that right? Well, I thought he was on for a hat trick at one point. I would have thought top fourteen finals would be historically low scoring. So yeah, it, it might be. It might be. Yeah, I, I, I love this game. And I he, love... he did that. Did he do that celebration again where he gave away his shorts? I think he just I loves did, strutting around in his pants. Yeah. yeah, he's so hot though, isn't he? Like, yeah, you know, he's such. He's He'd such do really well in Love Island, wouldn't oh, he? Oh yeah, He'd absolutely. be such a bad boy. Um, and I love it when he scores. I love because obviously, you know, I love winding people up a little bit occasionally. Um, I love how much Twitter hates him too. Mm. They they hate him so much, but he's so good. He's it's ironic actually because he's also good in the air. And I say ironic because he was so bad at fullback against was it Wales? 
and England? Uh, both, yeah. Uh, did they move him by then? He definitely played against England where he was just... There was like 50 yards of space in every single yeah. direction from where the ball was bouncing against, against England. He's a good player. He's a very, very good, but good player, actually. It was it was interesting because Uge and Medar have obviously both played uh, fullback for France. Medar more successfully than Uge. But they picked Colby at fullback. And he was. Did they? I didn't even. I didn't even. Didn't yeah, even notice that he was really solid under the high ball. Yeah, I mean, the, admittedly, there were some poor kicks from Clermont. They're poor. I mean, even the good play was bad play in a way. So Toulouse did this thing where they were picking and going, picking and going, picking and going, and the ball's getting gradually slower. Um, and then they stop in the opposition ten, right? Like, can you imagine the Premiership team doing this? They've stopped in the opposition ten, and then. DuPont is organising the team. And it looks like an exit strategy. It looks like an exit <laughs> box kick. And then everyone stops and they're waiting for the box kick. The box kick goes up and they're chasing it like they're trying to exit their own 22. And Uge nearly catches the thing. And the other one was when Uge scores in the corner, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the call was, but it looked to me like um, everyone drift five, five metres. They all just drifted into each other's space. And in, in the end, Uge had about a yard of space to score max. He still got in, obviously. But yeah, it's just an it, it's a bizarre way that they play. Over Were there, there. blazers worn? Uh, Did you notice any blazers? Peter de Villiers had a had an outfit on which was related to his club. I think he's stad still, isn't he? No, no. But I mean, the players was that was that just Rassing that used to do so, that did that? No, the, the Rassing do the blazers pre-game. Pre-game, yeah, which with their kit, awesome. their kit with blazers on. Some of the non-playing Claremont team uh, were in blazers because Morgan Parra they sh- went. Shot to him in on the sidelines a few times because he was injured, mm. and he was in quite smart like white shirt and blue blazer. I seem to think mm. blue uh, blazer, yellow dark dark blue, navy blue, yellow piping. Was it? I didn't. They, they don't do piping in no, France, do they? No, I think it was very traditional. No. Slim lapels, mm. nice, nice tailored fit. Nice. Just thinking, thinking about this game. Okay, so at the time of watching it, I was like, "This is amazing! I'm loving this. Loads of scrums, loads of tight play around the edges. It was brilliant." Um, <laughs> I thought, like, these are two best teams in France and they're pretty ace. Now, you could easily pick a French team, a French 15, out of these two teams. Yep. Now, you see where I'm going here, right? But then, think about it. Do you think that they are good enough, like, the way that they played that game, they're good enough to worry England even if they played to their potential? So, one of the most disappointing things was, in the last few weeks, we've spoken about just how talented Pernod and Raka are. They never got the ball. Oh, Racker did nothing. Neither of them did. The, the best run that Pernod had was in the 81st minute when Claremont needed a converted try to win the game. They were trying to play out from just outside their own 22. They got him on a loop and he beat one or two men, but then got held up by three men, tried to offload. Yes, he did. Game yeah, over. Yeah. That was, I was thinking back, that was the only time I saw him. I think run. right at the start he had a, 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 little, a little bit of a dash, but, but not much. It, so, Claremont, you've got two of the most dangerous wingers in the world. Like, definitely two of the most dangerous wingers in the world. They could not bring them into the game. I mean, yeah, they're dangerous. And they're dangerous depending on what you do with them, I guess. Well, yeah, but like if you do nothing with them, yeah. they're dangerous. But, like, you know, are they as dangerous as Colby, who wasn't playing wing, obviously, and Uge, who just isn't well, in the right place at the right time? They're, they're equally dangerous, I would say, mm. uh, if you use them the right way. I don't think either team particularly used um, their their danger men well to the point where Uge, Uge's second try they almost blew that yeah he didn't every, every single man drifted 
four or five it yards. It was amazing. Well, it was ate up the space. It ate up the space. You're like, they're going to blow this. They're going to blow this. Do they do analysis? They do they know massive, what they're doing? Massive overlap, and every man just drifted, 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 drifted. It was like watching under eights, Tim. It really was. Or it was like watching, what was the team that blatantly, that I mean, no, not blatantly, I'm not going to libel myself. It looked very, very suspicious that they managed to somehow give away a four in the Cricket World Cup oh. against Bangladesh. Was it? Was it um, Pakistan was against it, Bangladesh, or was it Afghanistan? I'm not sure. Not against no, Afghanistan. That, it was. It was against a team well, like that, that like and it was a little prod. It was a little tiny prod for the sort of forward <laughs> nudge, and the bowler somehow managed to oh fade. Well, it appeared like <laughs> they should have been able to pick it up. But instead, instead of picking it. it up, he didn't fumble it. He managed to sort of in the process of fumbling it, he managed to make the ball go faster towards the boundary. <laughs> he managed to throw it. A real speed it up, and then two different fielders, like in a comedy fashion, one pretend, dives over, and the other oh, dives oh over the top. It's like what you a... do. It's like what you do when you're when you're with your when you're with your kid, and you you sort of letting them win. Oh, you leave scored. You're doing them no favors there too. <laughs> no, I I didn't say I did. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. But Toulouse actually scored, so uh, yeah, they did. They yeah. almost blew it, but they did. Although score. I tell you what, a match. A m- Match fixing scandal around Uge would only make me like him more. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you watch anyone watch any other rugby? Oh, yeah, I watched uh, the Bulls versus the um, Lions. What's the semi-finals for the, for the Super oh, Rugby? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. What are they? Bulls versus Lions was interesting because the, the, the was the this points. the quarterfinals just gone? No, this no. was determining the quarterfinals. But in this game, had the Bulls not won, Sharks could have been finished top of the South African Conference. Top. Uh, sorry, second behind yeah. um, behind Jaguares, top of the South African teams, and Lions could have also finished top, depending on what else happened. Uh, that was quite an interesting game. So yeah, that'll be played at eleven so the, p.m. When, sorry, the Jaguares game will be eleven so, p.m. next week. Call it yeah, quarter, the quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Yeah. Crusaders finishing top, mm-hmm. uh, host the Highlanders, so all New Zealand. Then Jaguares, the for finishing top of the South African conference for travelling more miles than anyone else and getting second and the second ranked second overall. Second overall, despite being in the South African conference, have the distinct displeasure of hosting the Chiefs. So that is that is not an easy game. For well, the I don't Hagaris. know how, how good are the Chiefs now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Seventh best. Or yeah. eight, in Super eight, Rugby. Yeah, eighth best. Yeah, but, but it doesn't really work like that, does it? Because, like, the New Zealand Conference, historically, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, so quite, bloody good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they are a very, very good team. They can beat anyone on their day. Let's put it that way. Now, we'll have, oh, um, I, well, so I'll watch that game. I'll actually so, make the effort and watch it. So there's that game. There is my beloved Hurricanes host the Bulls, which the Bulls the Bulls did look good. They, didn't, they scored 48 points against the Lions. Yeah, uh, yeah. They scored a ridiculous amount of amount of points before half time there's like a, a, like 19 minutes where a million tries c- came in interesting one here do you know from, well as far as I can find out it's the only super rugby game which has not had a scrum in the first half of rugby <laughs> wow yeah there's not a single scrum there were knock-ons but they were just played to advantage ah, let the boys play let the boys play indeed I'd love to see what the ball in play time for that first half was I have no idea yeah high I bet that was really high yeah because right. the Bulls needed Bulls needed to win. Both teams needed to score tries as well. And maybe I'm getting soft in my old age, but I was watching this game. I was thinking, bloody hell, this these breakdowns are brutal. Like, I thought they were much tougher than the Premiership. Not as in you know, how hard they hit, but like the little cheap niggly shots, the occasional shoulder into the head. I looked a lot more aggressive <laughs> the than stuff. the Premiership. Yeah, all you the are, things you enjoy. You are getting a bit soft, but it's um, something that was also it, it popped up 
on rugby Twitter sphere quite a lot this week. Did it? People being really outraged, not that, but people being really outraged about a World Rugby Under Twenties Championship yeah. uh, a clean out. I was torn on that. Actually. Which um, which which nation? I love the way it? they call it, it torpedoed. Was, by the way, it was, yeah, torpedoed. Yeah, it was it was torpedoed. It's, it's what? player versus an island player. Yeah, so the island player got injured. Yeah, yeah. Was, in the process, uh, the, the Italy player. It was an amazing clean out. It was absolutely beautiful, except it was in the side. It wasn't one where it was head contact. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely. How in fact, in, in, fact, the side, in, in, in that, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, well, forty-five degree angle, something like that. Yeah, it, to me, it was almost within the range of tolerances. Yeah, I know exa- I could... exactly. But my point being, what what you just did there with saying you maybe I'm saying that's growing because that. Which was it was like oh that might have been a penalty for slightly in at the side became outrage. So this question, needs to be stopped from the game. This is an, this is outrageous. So the question is right for me if you're watching a clean clean out because if you're if you're going to approach clean out you don't want to come you don't want to go head on you want to go head on step out and come in. So even though your line your running yeah. line towards it is in you're effectively sort of trying to create an angle anyway. But if you imagine if you came in from the angle originally, you'd probably get pinged. Does that make sense? Because it feels well, like you're coming in from the side. And I think that's what, what you did. And actually. that was one of my takeaways from this, is from that particular incident, and in, in relation to the broader point of what you mentioned, is when people go straight through the gate at the player who is in that jackal position, clearly not supporting their own body weight, where the only target is their shoulder and head, and they make head contact, everyone's up in arms. And then when someone avoids the head... <laughs> they're up in arms. Oh, they're up in arms. My point being, this is going to be the next one. As we predicted, yeah, it will it will never stop with high tackles. This is the next one, and then there'll be another one, and then there'll be another one. Like, this, this was a horrific-looking injury. Oh, it yeah. was a really bad-looking injury, and yeah. There, there are, there's been a number of injury, similar injuries. Dan Levy. Dan Levy, uh, uh, who was John Davies, Rhys Webb. John but, but that was like a role, wasn't career. it? That was a well, yeah, crock roll type thing. So that there are slight differences, but this kind of in from the side. The it's a bloody brutal sport, though, isn't it? I mean, that's it, no, the other it, thing. It absolutely is. So this, this is interesting because there were, you're exactly right. There were people caught saying disgusting, disgrace, blah blah blah. I think if you apply the laws as they currently stand, it's definitely a penalty. Mm. That's probably that's it. it. That's it. That, yeah. That's in line with the laws now. Yeah. And then agreed. If you start getting more incidents like this because of what are slightly, they are illi- that is an illegal clear up, but only because of the angle. Yeah. It, it wasn't the force. And you can he disguise that angle pretty nicely. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't dive off his feet. He bound on. He didn't hit him in the head. But if you continue to get significantly bad injuries. It will be one that's looked but, at, but you can you can preemptively stop this, and we can get to the point where you don't have to stop that breakdown contest if referees ping people straight away when they're not supporting their own body weight. Yeah. Dan Levy wasn't when he got injured. Um, CJ Stander that time that What's he he won that the, what he, that when uh, Munster won that really controversial penalty that had everyone oh, cheesed off. Yeah. he was never supporting his own body no, weight. Yeah, and, against, and this is. Um, Edinburgh. And this, oh, and I was thinking of Benetton. Never mind. Oh, I, I actually, I say oh, the Dan... Oh, sorry, there was that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I might want to take the Dan Levy one back because I can't actually remember that incident. But this Irish under-20 player, unf- injuries are always unfortunate. But, what, what, but he was never supporting his own body weight. What I like, right, is the idea that there is a new illegal move, a new uh, you know, underhand um, thing called the torpedo. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know what this is. Uh, it's but... people rucking the way we've taught, they've been taught to ruck <laughs> yeah. since, they, so since avoided, rucking was a thing. Uh, like you say, he's avoided the head, he's come in. Now, uh, the other question I've got to ask is, like, it's a very difficult thing to do, rucking, and not upset people. Because if you don't hit the guy hard enough, it's a penalty. 
um, because he's stealing your ball, right? Yeah. So I don't know where they were, were on the pitch, but three points, you know, it could, it could be game, game over. Fine. Um, the other part of this is, if you hit him too hard, you're going to come off your feet. I mean, the if you want to rock completely legally within the laws, within the letter of the law, it's really, really difficult. But there is a difference between just... I'm going to use the word torpedoing, diving straight off your feet and hitting someone, taking a step forward and then them falling back. Just so hard. What the point I'm trying to make is it's so hard to judge the amount of force that you need. And also, if someone is really, really over that ball and they're a strong boy, maybe the only thing you can do is dive off your feet in order to create enough force that you actually stay on your feet, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that, I know. I know what you're saying. Kinda does, yeah. but you're, you're taking a massive I, risk because you're assuming yeah. the level of force yeah, coming but, but, back. You know, even if I'm going in hard, really hard, not diving off my feet, really hard, and the target I hit is really soft, I'm coming off my feet. You know, it's a real. I'm just trying to point out it's a really difficult skill. So once it again, r- rather than um, having all the mud being slung the way of players who, for the most part, are doing are, are doing stuff in good faith and with generally speaking, reasonable technique, or at least technique that is 99 times out of 100 is fine and let go. On the one time out of 100 when it really hurts someone, you then you know want to throw the book at them. Actually, referees ping players when they're not supporting their own body weight. Or, when a player looks like he's jackaled it and won, just ping it straight away. Either way, just... Or like, just let them rock. <laughs> or just or, let, or let them rock and accept that they're going to get injured, yeah. have, have injuries. Injured. I'm, go, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah. And with all that said, yes. I really hope that uh, Ireland under-20s player, of course. Uh, it looked like a very, very bad injury. It did look really bad. So I hope he's back on his feet soon. Absolutely. Speaking of the World tr- uh, Rugby Under-20s Championship, they are on terrestrial TV. It's worth flying up tomorrow night or Monday night, as probably the, tonight as you listen to this, on how is this, ITV4. And how has this tournament developed? Who who, who are the runners and riders? Well, for, the, for only the second time in the competition's history, New Zealand haven't made the semi-finals. Mm. Excellent. The semi-finals are, Phil? Uh, give me one second. I'm just frantically looking around. Eng- yeah. England haven't made them as well. No. Didn't think they would. Uh, semi-finals are, so Argentina, the hosts, hosts Australia, mm. who England beat fairly handily after an Australian player was red-carded in the sixth or eighth minute, something like that. Good. Uh, and South Africa host France. Ooh. That'll be so, tasty. think France can do it. Second, what is it? Twice in a row. Twice in a row. Who's the who's the who's the number eight? Joseph. Jordan Joseph. Jordan Joseph is a test ready player right now. He he is an impressive specimen. But didn't they say that about Denver Bamba? And yeah, I guess he was a test ready player. So that, yeah, there's that. It depends. It depends what your standard is. If your standard is you the level, test. the level. <laughs> well, the playing test. Do you want someone who's going to come in and perform at uh, I don't know a Billy Vunapola level or? Um, a damn bigger type level, or do you want someone to come in and perform a Yoan Uge against England type level? Mm, good question. You know how Maru Otoji went from World yeah. Rugby Under 20s Championship to then really standing, looking, looking the part for Saracens to looking the part for England? Is it, is I it, think Jordan Joseph is, is, is on the same sort of trajectory. It'd be interesting though, because a club like Racing, they spend so much money. Mm. How much game time is he going to get? Yeah, but if, when you get a real was, talent, you sort of just put them in anyway. Well, he's he's hardly played for them this year. I know he's only he's probably nineteen yeah, now. Yeah, but how much did Otoji play when he was nineteen? I mean, not a tremendous amount. No, once once he started playing, that was it. No, I, mean, I remember talking to we met Jack Berger in, in BT. He's like, yeah, this, uh, this guy's going to play this week. He's amazing, and then he didn't play again. The, for like he the was Anglo Welsh Cup captain, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and then, then they yeah, sort of they brought year, him in slowly. But then once he was in the first team, yeah, he, he never he was never out of it. 
If I, if I was, it looks like he's been around was, for years. Though. I was an English club. Well, he wasn't in the World Cup squad, was he? No, English he was in the wider squad. I think he, he got into the training squad 51. before the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He, he was twenty then. If I was an English club, I would say to Jordan Joseph, "I'll get you game time. I will play you every week, or we'll, we'll have a managed playing." So that's, that's you, Leicester. Okay. So what happens when he says, "Brilliant"? Um, where do I pick up my four hundred grand? What, what, what happens <laughs> at that point? He won't be on four hundred grand in France. He'll be on a lot of money. He won't, he won't be on four hundred grand. You're right. He will not be on four hundred grand. But how, I, th- I think you could get a very good deal by picking him up. How that. much do you reckon you could, you could pick him up for? Less than two hundred. No chance. Yeah. No chance. Easy. And it'd be nice. It'd be nice for JB to flick from ITV uh, over to ITV Four from ITV Two, which is where you're spending <laughs> yeah. most of your time at the minute. Exactly. Is what it is, though, right? It is what it is. Exactly right. <laughs> Um, there's been some um, transfers, ish. Has there? A well, couple. Uh, did we talk? I'm sure we spoke about Paolo, Paolo uh, no, Doggers. Doggo. I said one we didn't, last week, we didn't speak about, which I only found out this week when he was on a video with Dean Ryan. Is Sam Davis has gone to the Dragons? Yes. Now that doesn't sound like a big deal. No, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> I think it is because, like, the reason I say that is, do these silly interviews that they do, and you know, there's ten formulated questions, and one of the questions is always like, who's the most skillful player that you've ever played with? Almost all of the guys who play Ospreys that, that do, do these interviews always say Sam Davis. And then, obviously, you got into the Welsh team. He's been injured. But the guy's a really good player. Like, a really, well, really obviously good been offered a bit more money. Um, I don't know what happened. Well, obviously, Ospreys went from being, well, gone, extinct, um, to then getting Ansgum. Uh, and then obviously there was no more room for he wanted to, He wanted to sample a different culture. Exactly what happened. <laughs> exactly what happened. Done with Swansea, so I want Newport. Apparently had, he was looking to, get, to go to England, but um, the Welsh jersey called, which also makes me think, like, if a region lets you go, I think you should be allowed to go. If they offer you a contract, then maybe... It's as like, Josh, you... like Josh Adams, for example. Yeah. Scarlet's had, the, had, the, had a chance. They didn't. Therefore, he should be able to play wherever he wants exactly and still play right. for Wales. Exactly right. If they let you go, they let you go. I don't think it's fair to say, oh, well, actually, you can go to the worst club on earth now. Um, do you want to go there? <laughs> well, if you don't, you can't play for Wales. So, mm-hmm. up, up, up to you. So, there, just thought I'd mention that. I was, I was in your fine principality this weekend in mm. North Wales. Gorgeous weather. We went, it was camping. I was dreading it because I thought it was going to be just torrential the whole time. Where did you go? Uh, just uh, on a little uh, place by uh, Lake Bala. Oh, lovely. Lake Bala. It was gorgeous. Right in the interior. Absolutely gorgeous. Lots of Welsh speakers. It was gorgeous, yeah. It's been horrendous. Here. It was lovely, yeah. I, I mean, it was booked with like um, about five, other, five, six other families. And I think all of everyone else was like, they didn't want to be the family that said, should we not go? Because it's but be the second down. one other family had said, should we not go? Everyone would have gone, oh, okay, well, if you if you think so, yeah, then fine. Yeah, if the weather's no, looking too bad. No one did. So we all turned up, I think, thinking, oh, God. And then uh, it was amazing. Oh, good to hear. Did Gorgeous. You, did you see the, the pre- prehistoric fish? Prehistoric fish? Yeah, there's prehistoric fish in uh, Lake Gabala. They're the only place that, place that they exist. Really? But, yeah, that's why it's like a protected conservation zone. Ah, it's beautiful anyway. Yeah, and, and they're delicious. Anyway... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've, got, I've got a mate that owns a lake with carping yeah. and and um, there were apparently that's like a real delicacy in like, Poland in Poland yeah. <laughs> yeah so we had Polish people fishing it and he, and, and the same happens at Chol- in Chols and Water in Chols and Water is there carp in there there was carp in there there was <laughs> but they um, not anymore yeah, they're like did. that used to happen it's like 1500 quid for a carp 
They're like big carpets. Yeah. They're really expensive. It's yeah. like, it's like more, well, they better, better weight than like cost weight than gold in some. It was well, no, no obviously not. Yeah, literally. Well, <laughs> well that's why far they, off. That's why they catch them and put them back because they're quite valuable. Yeah. There's a guy who um, plays for Stockport. He's a hooker and going to be our hooker one of these days. And um, he's like the British champion at uh, course fishing. Or he's in no, he's in the the British finals for, for course fishing. I, I, I'm th- glad you see brought it back to rugby. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Like via a Stockport hooker. Good. We d- we did mention the signing or signing doggers, doggers, which was announced last week. I don't think we mentioned it last week, but it was followed by Zach Kibirigi. Uh, Kibirigi. He's also another very very fast, exciting player. Two mm. two talented, high potential wingers. So obviously no Christian Wade there anymore, but you got two guys who could. Yeah. At least partly fill his boots. Yeah, yeah. Paolo is superbly powerful. Like he can bounce props, he can bounce anything, he's anything got in front a of him. Serious rump. Yes. No center of gravity. Serious. He'll be. He's got an excess achieved rump. I tell you what, he'll be a really good signing if he gets more game game time. I mean, he was scoring tries in the Premiership before Sale got a million wingers like two years ago. And he's 18. Yeah. So he'll be fine. Uh, Kibirigi, I've not really seen enough of. I mean, nope. you've probably seen a bit more of him. Yeah, no, he's a talented guy. We're a good, good open field runner. Yeah. He can beat, def- he'll just, he's one of those small guys that manages to beat, somehow power his way through tackles and things. So yeah, he'll be good. And with Josh Bassett and Marcus Watson, that's, that's a decent, De- decent. Potential. Without being elite, that's pretty strong. Well, the first two, like, High-end Premiership guy, the Premiership guys, aren't they? Well, actually, when you look at that, that's that's two fringe, two fringe Premiership players, a, a someone that's solid Premiership player having got from the Championship, and a sevens guy turned fifteens guy. So, mm. and we're but also, high potential in all cases. Yeah. We're also forgetting the guy that they brought in. It was announced a long time ago. Who's coming to replace Willie Larue? Totally different type of player, but very very exciting. Um, oh right, yeah. Um, the I, Italian Minozzi. No, um, Fecatella. Minozzi. Minozzi. Fecatella oh, will be coming to play, replace uh, Elliot Daly. Minozzi could be Minozzi fantasy rugby draft gold. gold. Matteo Minozzi. Minozzi. Who I think he was injured for the whole Six Nations this year, but the previous year's Six Nations, he was one of the most exciting players in the whole tournament. Yeah, you're not wrong. Dynamite. He, he'll go first round fantasy rugby draft. He will no, now. He oh, no, because he'll be going to the World Cup. Yeah, he won't go first Not for round. long. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he'll, be, he'll be a good pick-up. He'll be a good kind of like, not sleeper, but you, you can get some value out of him, I think. All right, standby, boys, standby. Um, who wants to take uh, start off with uh, the latest on Paddy Jackson? Come on then, let's, we, were t- we were talking bad boys earlier, weren't we? Yeah, we've got. We, well, let's very quickly before we get onto that. Uh, Elton Yanchis is in trouble. Yeah. Oh, why? Um, he 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 broke curfew when he was uh, after a game after a win. He broke curfew and rolled back into his hotel at four thirty in the morning, where the CEO Rudolf Strauli saw him in the foyer, How? and uh, as a result, his contract offer has been retracted. But there's more can, to this story. Can I like, just ask a question? Yeah, the I know obvious, what question you're going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, it's the one I was thinking. Go on. Why was the CEO in the, in the lobby at quarter thirty? Presumably, he was probably knocking back some uh, Stein back. Something, something. Maybe he's just waiting for um, his staff lie half slash twelve to come home. Yeah, well, anyway, so they've retracted the contract offer, so that's one to be watched. That's a little bit harsh, isn't it? I mean, that's, he's got history and... Hang on. 
No, it is harsh, right? Because you offer a contract to someone based on you know, the overall performance, you've known the guy for many, many years now, and you've got a body of work, and you said, right, I'm offering you this contract based on all of this. To change it on the basis of a night out sounds well, a little bit different. Is it a straw that broke the camel's back? There is also, so there's, in um, South African Rugby Magazine, oh. they are reporting that he also broke team protocols when he went against on-field captain Quagger Smith's orders on the pitch. Now, there's no more details than this, nope. than that, but... The, that is like, he said go for the, the corner and he goes for the post, or he says go for the post, go for the corner, something like that. Oh, if, cool. if only Elton Yanchis was, was wearing an England shirt in the, 2015. In, in the 2015 World Cup against Wales. And also, uh, <laughs> as mentioned, Quagga Smith allegedly is off to Edinburgh. Mm. Oh, that's a bloody good background mm. if that happens. Interesting. Uh, but- Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yes, Paddy Jackson. So, Paddy Jackson's signing was announced a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Diageo, who are the parent company who own which, of which one of their brands is Guinness, yep. who are long-time supporters, 30-year relationship with London Irish, always part of their St. Patrick's Day game, which is, you know, the Medeski Stadium is quite often mostly empty. Paddy's Day is a great day out at the Medeski Stadium. Um, they have ended their relationship because they feel that the 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 message which signing by Paddy Jackson sends is not con, not consistent with their they their brand values. They could have made values. this known before, couldn't they? I mean, or more's the point, you would have thought that there would there must have been sales directors, high level management, just smoothing this over well in advance of announcing any signing, Don't which I'm sure that must have been happening. I mean, this can't you mean... would have thought... Hmm. The bars, this can't mean the bars at the Majeski and soon to be the Brentford Stadium will not sell Guinness. Oh, yeah, let's get, get the Caffrey's back. Yeah, I mean, surely <laughs> that... Murphy's Irish style. Yeah, yeah. That, surely that can't be what it, what, what, what it means. I'm sure, no, no, I'm sure you... No. I'm sure they, like, any bar can buy Guinness to sell in their establishment... And they weren't the main team sponsor, Power Day are, but yep. they were one of the sub-sponsors, one of the yeah. so Guinness corporate will no sponsors. Be on the shoulder Fine. or arse or wherever it was on the shirt. Fine. I mean, it's sad. Short. It's sad because, you know, you kind of associate Guinness with, um, you know, well, tragic life stories, of course, and uh, rampant alcoholism. But, you know, morals <laughs> aside, you do, actually, um, you do actually associate them with Irish sport. And I think it's a bit sad that they decided to go this way. It's a bit daft by London Irish not to have seen this coming. And like Tim said, smooth this over before it happens. Yeah, head it off at the pass, or or at least manage. And then if they knew, do you know what the 
the consequence of signing Paddy Jackson is we are going to lose this sponsor, then they could have managed the release of that information and the way that that was yeah. that was done. And they have they have a decision to make then, as well. Yeah, like Paddy Jackson is or certainly was a good player. How much do they need the? I've no idea what the sponsorship deal is worth. The Apparently, qu- the Dodger one is quite small. Yeah, a quarter of a million pounds or half a million I've got pounds. No or idea. What it's a it's an amount of money, but they can at least have. If you have those conversations, well, you can make yeah. the decision. And, and the pro- and the pro- well, sorry, JB. Oh. The the problem with it coming out in the way it has, and this is this is the concern I think I read in the rugby paper today, which is it was exactly what I initially thought is the remaining sponsors. Do they then start thinking, oh God, if we stay, does that mean people think we're yeah. endorsing? Are we associated? <laughs> yeah, because that's what it means. Um, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because, yeah, they sort of fall like dominoes, you would assume. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because who's the other one? Cash converters. Cash right, converters. So let me talk about cash converters for that, a second. That was, bef- that was apparently before the Paddy yeah. Jackson thing. Yeah. yeah. And, that one, and cash they... converters who have, I, I don't know the exact figure, but. Uh, APR in the hundreds, if not thousands. Right, yeah. So Cash Converters is a shop I'm fairly familiar with because there's one in Oldham, and I walk past it every day. Now, if they they haven't done this, has this just come to an end, or have they done it because of Paddy Jackson? No, a relationship came to an end before. Oh, well, okay, okay, if that's just happened, fine. Um, But, uh, yeah, I was going to mention the ethics behind Cash Converters, which are somewhat ropey. Um, But if it's just come to an end, well, so so be it. No no case to answer. Mm. Yeah. I think that's more likely. Oh, no, no, that, that's the stated reason. Not well, more likely. in a way, you know, the ultimate freedom for London Irish is if all the sponsors pulled out. Because what, what people don't understand about rugby uh, and football, for that matter, and Phil's brought it up in, in the past, is that these teams aren't there to make money. They very rarely make, make money. In fact, in the case of football, they constantly lose money because the football club is there to promote the owner's interests rather than the club, club's interests. See us with rugby too. You know, it's basically a rich man's plaything. So if it doesn't make any money, so what? They, they they were never going to. You know, it's just what they've done. Except for wasps. Wasps are the exceptions to this because it's Derek. Well, it's so highly leveraged. Yeah, well, it's about a third of Derek Richardson's wealth. So um, you know, it's a it's a big deal. Um, so there, there is had... there is always a tipping point though. You can only people can only stomach losing so much, much for money. so long. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. But if they all pulled out. They'd get on the phone to Israel Falau. You get on the phone to every <laughs> bad boy rugby player that you could get hold of and go and win the league. Well, mo- most of them are at sale. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> James O'Connor. Yeah, well, they're all reformed and they're all lovely, <laughs> well, lovely well, individuals. So there was one sort of so the Paddy Jackson to sale and Stuart Holding, I think, were, were very, very strongly rumoured. Yeah. And then it was thought that it was sale sponsor. The rumour was that UK Fast said, no, 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 you can't. And Not that's why sale ended their interest. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the ins and outs of that. But, um, you know, if that was the case, it shows kind of how you need to deal with your big corporate sponsors. Yeah. Because those you know, those guys that you mentioned, their relationship to sale, are very, very important partners. Absolutely. Very, very Absolutely. Important. As is Qantas to Rugby Australia. Yeah. Which right. is why they will they, they decided to cancel someone. Because, I, because you know, the, the, the importance of... That corporate sponsorship had had rugby Australia had no corporate sponsors. It would be fascinating to know what situation Israel Folau would be in right now. Yeah, yeah. Probably still. I suspect it would be a very different situation. I suspect if there was so no too. corporate. But rugby Australia don't have the uh, the benefit of a rich benefactor. Yes, no, exactly. That is a yeah. big difference. Yeah, yeah a huge difference. Um, well, although I've said this a million times, right? If I had 
lots and lots of money. Do you know the team that, I, that I'd buy? Uh, you would buy Sale Sharks. After Sale Sharks and uh, after RGC. RGC. After that. The international <laughs> team I'd buy, and I believe I could do it. Barbarians. No. I'm going by Fiji, right? I reckon that their, their brand name is so strong that you could make your money back on this romantic team and then sell sell merchandise. And also, the Harlem Globe trotted trot them around the world. A bit, pretty sell, much, Sell the yes. movie rights for the Olympic medal win. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about New Zealand, that is not a big market team, but it's a, a very, very valuable brand. Well, yeah. the fact that Al- Amazon Prime have done those two documentaries, Manchester City and the All Blacks. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, yeah, someone with a, a bit of cash and a bit of vision should go and buy Fiji. Question, before we move off the uh, yeah. Paddy Jackson... Which has been more expensive to London Irish? Getting relegated or signing Paddy Jackson? Relegation by far. So, so far, it's relegation. But we don't know where this is all going to lead. But uh, Do you know what? I can't help but think that they've misjudged the public mood on this because Paddy Jackson is, is ultimately innocent, right? That's what people seem to forget. He is innocent. He's been away to France and he's come back. And... You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of uproar by a very, very small but noisy mi- minority. And if you actually look at you know the comments and the message boards and the rest of it, they're all kind of like, okay, we're not completely comfortable with his attitude, but we're not asking him to raise our kids. We're asking him to play fly half. And I think they might have mis- misjudged the public slightly. I- I've got a feeling that this one's over now. Uh, well, I, well, I, I on. don't totally disagree with that. I think it is worth reiterating he was found not guilty... Uh, in his court case, mm-hmm. and that's important because that that is fact, and that you know, no, none, no, none of us would want to be um, judged as, as as guilty by the the, the court of um, opinion, um, even if a, a judge or a jury had ruled differently. And and equally, whilst I don't condone, and I I, I don't have anything like those WhatsApp messages which, as it were, a PR disaster for, for him and Stuart Holding. Equally, well, I would be mortified if my private WhatsApp messages were made public. Yep, 100%. Because there's there's a huge level of context to a, a lot of things, which... Yeah, yeah. so I... But, I think... But, sorry, go on. No, no, no. So, yeah, I mean, if you but, read, but that's notwithstanding the fact, it, I can understand, the amount of refer- totally understand why people think that that was the, the amount of really out of order. On my WhatsApp group to throw my Labrador into a wood chipper. I mean, I would be locked up for animal cruelty within minutes, I think. Minutes. All out of context. All out of... Well, is it? <laughs> but so. it, the, the point that we made at the time with about the the Paddy Jackson-Stuart Alden case, they they were found not guilty. They do not come out of this well. No, not they, at all. They came out of this so, so badly because even though that nothing was proven, they just looked like... looked looked in the past... Like arrogant uh, well, scumbags, just, yeah, scumbags. Scumbags is without going into the detail. They look like scumbags. They look like scumbags. Yeah. They do. And so I'm not trying to but defend there was, there was, there was any a, of it. There was an interesting Sam Roberts article this week about. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I thought yeah, he really thought it through. It's quite thought provoking yeah. about bad boys. Uh, it was it started off with Samuel Reese, the supremely talented potential uh, New Zealand or potential Fiji outside back who's tearing up for Crusaders at the moment who had some domestic violence issues that, that blocked his journey to Connacht a couple of years ago and talking about um, being contrite and regretting your decisions mm. and making amends. And it, it would be nice to think that... That's, I mean, it, I would 
it would be horrible to think that Stuart Alden and Paddy Jackson do not regret. I'm certain certain they do. It would be nice to see them have the opportunity to make amends and and continue their life. Yeah, it's it's really tricky that, isn't it? Because you, you sort of look at other walks of life. Polit- take politics, for example. Actually, if you apologise, and this is why I agree, contrition and and regret and remorse and redemption are important. <laughs> we're almost in. A, we're almost at a point now where don't do it. It's not worth it. If you apologise, you actually make things worse because the reaction isn't. Oh, you know what? I'm glad to see you're regretting and trying to learn, trying to make amends. Actually, it's well. But why did you do it in the first place? <laughs> yeah. And if you don't say anything, still, it, it eventually it. goes away. Look at Donald Trump. That's that's his whole <laughs> well, tactic. Trump, Trump, there is just so much. <laughs> That's his mud, mud on the walls. Well, how, do you, how do you pin him down to any one thing? But as a result, the people that you get in the public eye now, you get scumbags. You get people that don't regret. Yeah, don't I'm... and the people that do regret and try and apologise just get they get cancelled. Hmm. Sorry, well, that... well, someone who's not been cancelled. Yeah. Uh, Warren Gatland uh, is official. <laughs> Worst the third, hit. the third series. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't believe this was an announcement because we all knew. I know, yeah, I felt it already been announced. Yeah, didn't you? I'm so sorry. Do, do you know like when people die and you think they're already dead? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Gatland is Lions coach um, again. Brilliant, Just good, brilliant. Yeah. He will, but he said he will definitely 100% not be the next England coach. But then, did you watch the full mm. interview? Because then he actually softened. He got asked, oh, that's England. He got asked, <laughs> <laughs> England. He had his fingers crossed. He, he, yeah. he said under his breath, "England women's." Coach. I will not be. I will not be the New England coach. The New England coach. New, New England. <laughs> yeah. The Patriots. Yeah, yeah. I will not be coaching any Patriots. <laughs> but he then he did soften slightly and said, uh, "My focus is definitely not on England at the moment." Or, or words to that effect. Come on, but Warren, take the England job. It, yeah, interesting. Very interesting indeed. But a very good appointment. I think everyone is happy with that. Well, tell you what, I'd love him to win that. I'd love him to win against South Africa. What a, what a record with Owen Farrell scoring the winning points. No, that's not that's not happening. <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Smith. Uh, well, there's a really interesting article by Twitter God himself, Stuart Barnes. Um, and I say, in, yeah, it's a Stuart Barnes article, so take it as, as what it is. But um, he, he pointed out that Alan Wynne Jones, a bit of careful looking after, could easily be the Lions captain. I agree with him. I mean, I think he, think he could. If you picked them tomorrow, you probably would have him right. Is that, is that outrageous? Yeah, no, not at all. He okay. was, he was imperious. He was yeah, imperious yeah, yeah. in the Six Nations. Yeah. yeah, but he's only played 11 non-international games this season. I think... Mm. Too many. Yeah, too many for him. First of all, first twice as many as an Irish international will play. Uh, well, what what if he goes to France or England? I mean, that is over. So yeah, yeah. Dragons, dragons for Alan Win, Alan Win Jones. Well, didn't Gatland also say he's pretty sure he's going to stay at Ospreys? Or someone said that he's going to sure he's going to stay at Ospreys. Interesting. I we do laugh at I mean, Welsh I, players and also the way yeah, that they like to have a change of scenery. I can't help but think that at that age. So would you would you want to stay in court? I mean, maybe it's family ties and all the rest of it. I don't know. They don't they they don't travel well. Maybe things they? like kids in school might be a factor. Who knows? Yeah, all, all sorts yeah. of that plays on it, doesn't it? So he's thirty four now. Uh, sorry, he's thirty three right now. He's thirty four the week before the World Cup this year. So okay. he will be 36. coming up for thirty six by the time of the next Lions tour. He'll be thirty five and three quarters. Now, I think he's he's won so much. If I were him, I'd be looking at. A big 
nice, tidy paycheck. Or Where, whoever offers me the most money after the World Cup, I will take it. Or, you know, this is my perpetual moan about Sam Warburton. Everyone thinks I'm mad, mad for saying it. There will always be an asterisk against Sam Warburton for never doing a thing with his club ever. And club rugby is important. Now, Alan Wynn at least has got a couple of Pro, pro 12 titles to his name. Yeah. But, you know, well, do, I, I, offer yourself a cheap and then go somewhere with a good chance of winning. The difference was Sam Warburton was 27, 28. So he could have done that and earned the big payday pay afterwards. Well, yeah, but what I would say is, even now, without him being Lions captain again, his value in after-dinner speakers, corporate dinners, TV work, is mm. going to be off the scale. Who, Alan Jones? Alan Jones is going to be right up there with Brian O'Driscoll, like, as a sought-after work. You know, all these big multinational companies paying you big money. If he manages to get another Lions tour and and what, what would this be his fourth this would be his yeah, fourth yeah it will fourth. be I tell you like, what if, if he will, and he goes he, and, and if they won in South Africa he could legitimately be like regarded as the greatest Lion right up there yeah and the value cool. of that could be I, insane so maybe maybe s- if he did a deal with Ospreys like yes fine pay me less than I'm being offered but he has got manage my game. Hang on, would he has the deal... got nine Lions test caps as well. Wow, nine tests. I mean, would the deal with the Ospreys be more like I'll wow. pay you a subscription of fifty quid a month if you let me use your gym, and then you know <laughs> keep me fit for the Wales and and the Lions? So it could be like a a false economy going and taking the cash if it if it cost him a Lions spot. I just if, think if like... he could like look after himself. Yeah, I just think that you yeah. need keep the meters on the clock. A couple of good. European appearances underneath your belt, and you know for everything Sam Warburton has achieved, he's never been in. And in fact, he might never have played in the Champions Cup. And he uh, certainly he never played probably, in yeah. played in the knockouts. Yeah, he never played in semi-finals, finals, or anything yeah. like that. Uh, mm. Johnny Wilkinson had never played in the Heineken Cup until he moved to Toulon, which is amazing. That is. And, you know, did he not play in. When did they do? Did they not win it in two thousand? No, that was pre pre. Uh, they won the league in. The very yeah. first league with no, um, the very first. But you know, Johnny season. Wilkinson is a man who's done a lot of very good things, including winning the World Cup. Yeah. And if you were to take away his European achievements, you know, it's it's nowhere near as impressive, mind you. What? Actually, oh, no, the yeah. World Cup. No, I don't, well, he's got two European cups back to back. Maybe, th- yeah, is it two? I, is it I think three? he got two because I think Gitto was there when he when they won the definitely third. one with Gitto. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just no, saying, I, club he, rugby he matters. Still be phenomenally valuable. Of course, yeah, they all are. <clears throat> I wonder what he does with his time now because you never see him he do, they occasionally wheel him out on ITV do they? the Six Nations yeah and he'll be doing World Cup stuff 100% he will be uh, um, is that everything? Um, Sean Long to Quinns <clears throat> as a coach oh, that, that is an interesting signing yes because I thought he was going to Gloucester yeah and so he'd been working with Cipriani this season and he's been credited by some for having the effect that Cipriani has had on Gloucester. So his distribution game and the, the running lines of the people outside Cipriani, which is a massive part of making Cipriani look so good, is the, the movement of the people around him. He's been credited with helping that. So that is an interesting appointment for Quinns uh, and probably gives a bit of the rugby league side and a bit of the attacking side that Gustard doesn't have. So I'm, I'm really interested because I think, I think Quinns, 
while the end of their season was very disappointing, their overall season and the trajectory compared to the previous years, particularly the John, John Kingston era, uh, was significantly improved. So I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how Gustard and, and Sean Long and, go. I mean, you know how I feel about um, teams with rugby league coaches. They become, well, best teams with ball in the hand. <coughs> um, interesting one on Sean Long. He was playing for Oral last year. Le- last year, yeah, level eight. Him and Martin Gleeson. They're playing. For, uh, Martin Gleeson's gone some. Gone to Wasps. Talk has he? Is he gone? I think he may have gone. I Into saw wasps. talk of him going somewhere, but I don't, I've not seen him. Sean Long Gleeson, and there's another fellow who. They were both there. playing for Preston Grasshoppers about five, four or five years ago. I so. remember. I remember the move to Preston because he didn't he carry the water a little bit for Salford City Reds. Long. I'm sure he know. did. <laughs> Mate, that's, that niche. is seriously niche. Niche. I, I watched a game of uh, Rugby League this weekend. It, oh, oh, well, better still, I'm interviewing their head of content <laughs> tomorrow in here in, in the Rugby Dungeon. Head of content for yeah. Rugby League? It, basically, their version of Paul Morgan, so uh, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, head really, of content. Um, I watched the potential legend, Carlin uh, Panga, Panga, Panga. Oh, yeah, the, in the NRL. The supremely talented Newcastle Knights fullback play against uh, the Melbourne Storm. And he was completely played off the park by a much, much better team. Melbourne Storm hammered them. Did you see Origin last week? No, I didn't. Oh, no, I missed that this year. No. Just answer me this quick trivia question. Who is the CEO of the Super League? The Super League? Steve-O. Incorrect. <laughs> Different. This will blow your mind. If you don't know, this will blow your mind. Of the Super League? Of the Super League. So, like, you know, the Aviva Premiership has... Um, what's his name? I've got his name now. Oh, oh, he, he's he's standing down this year. Yeah, him. Uh, yes. And Martin Anu is Pro Pro 14 chairman or CEO. So who is the chairman of Super League? Martin O'Thayer. Um, No. Uh, Not... Ellery Hanley. Nope. Um, this Kieran, is gonna... Kieran Cunningham. This is going to blow your mind. Um, okay. Uh, Sam Burgess. Nope. Um, Mike Ford. Nope. <laughs> We're getting close with Mike Ford. Really? As in, he's not involved with this. He didn't, he's a sportsman and never played the sport. Never played rugby league. Never Clive Woodward. Nope. <laughs> it is. Peter Schmeichel. Brace yourself for impact. Ryan Giggs. Tony Adams, ex Arsenal defender. I what? Did, I did know that. I, I saw it a while ago. What? Yeah. Tony Adams, yeah. He's the, he's the CEO of Super League or chairman or whatever you want to call him. So yeah. that's what he does. Why not? Why not? Talent is interchangeable. Exactly. And uh, intellect. Fluid intellect can be applied to I, lots of different things. I think things. they're based in Salford Keys, the Super League. Are they? I think they are, yeah. Not in the... St. George Hotel in, 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 <laughs> in, in Huddersfield, yeah. yeah. The Rendezvous Hotel just outside of Wakefield. <laughs> I think it's media, they're just in Media City. Are they? There's a, really yeah. good, there's a really good little place to get breakfast right next to where the Rugby League <laughs> offices are. Oh. Well, you creative types are always hanging around yeah. Media yeah. City. Yeah. Whinging about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think have we got everything? Have we done everything? Surely, yeah. yeah. No, we haven't. Coaching news. Uh, well, we, we Munster, started Roundtree. Yeah, Roundtree and Stephen Larkham. I'm to Munster. Far more enthused by one of those appointments than the other. Okay, well, I'll tell you which one I'm enthused about. Uh, Roundtree. You? Why? Uh, because I still think he's a very relevant, very good technical scrum coach. Whereas I think Stephen Larkham has had the pick of the Australian talent for God knows how long, and they've been in a rut. 
So he was Harley Quinn's coach for a couple of years, wasn't he? And Georgia. He, yeah, Georgia. Now, <laughs> Georgia don't need any help scrummaging, do they? It's a pretty easy job, that one. Harley Quinn's, they had the key components. They had Lions props, and he couldn't uh, get them to scrummage. Well, that's an interesting one, okay. So he had props like Kyle Sinclair, who, and Joe Marler. when he first came through, could not scrummage. And now, actually, he's a very good scrummager. Yeah, maybe. Um, Marlon's maybe. always been good, good, been good at scrummaging, to be fair. But but never... F- I, the, the, the question the marks remain about... Terrible. Yeah, the question marks remain about why he got one thrower, one hooker only to practice throw, throwing, one hooker only to practice running, and one hooker <laughs> only to practice scrummaging. That would be the bigger uh, question. <laughs> and he, he is slightly tainted by England. Because... Yes. Everybody. But he was everyone else. Like, so Lancaster's come out to, onto Leinster, won the Champions Cup. Farrell gone to Ireland. Yep, doing doing phenomenal things at Ireland. Um, Mike Cat is Mike it Cat, Italy? Italy, less yeah. phenomenal. But you you got to ask, where did it all go wrong? Well, maybe it was just the chemistry. Here's the where I, here's where I think it went wrong for him. He actually came out of the whole England setup with a lot of credit. Everyone said uh, Rountree is the only guy who really mm. you know really knows what's going on. Lions Tour 2017. Yeah, so because of that, I think he went straight into employment where the others had a little bit of time out to reflect. Uh. And that's why, you know, Lancaster was busy going to Seattle, sorry, Atlanta Falcons. He was busy, you know, going to football matches, you know, bulking up his CV. Same to a certain degree with um, Farrell. And then he got the island job, which is a step back by anyone's standard. And then just, you know, progressed forward. Actually, the island job isn't a step backwards, but get time out of the game is a step backwards. Whereas Roundtree was straight into straight straight in employment again. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, idea that. Uh, and um, I think there's something in it. Yeah, and serial axe murderer uh, John Mitchell has resigned till 2021. Yes. Anyone enthused by that? Um. Uh, whatever. I I like the defensive shape, particularly early on in the Six Nations. You don't think it is inflexible? Do you think it did one job for one team and then completely fe- completely fe- fell apart after that? I wouldn't say it completely fell apart. It, it the whole team struggled against Wales mm. and were phenomenal for a half against Scotland and then appalling for a half against Scotland. Oh um, god, the Scotland game! Never ever forget the Scotland game. No, never. For, so I think that's the difference, really. When it, when it was first unveiled, it was all, like world-beatingly awesome. By the time you get to the last game of the Six oh, Nations, god. so you're tr- you're trying to pin a really bad performance on a coach. And his defensive system. Yes, yeah. yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, I think which, is, which is nonsense. It is not nonsense. It is, it is not, not nonsense. It is not because because he was incredible the in the first half it and is, then terrible it, in the second it half. It is Players nonsense. The beach at halftime. It is nothing it is to do with the defensive In the coaching. same way um, that I would put the credit for Wales beating England on the shoulders of Warren Gatland because he outth- he outthought his opposition. Simple as that. So. So, 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 actually, what we should be doing is Greg, Greg Townsend is the most incredible coach ever because he unpicked, uh, he alone, England didn't play any better or worse one half to the next. Ah, But Greg Townsend just unpicked a really naive defensive system. So there is a saying in the NFL, right, which is, <laughs> like, high, like high school games, the teams change their strategy from game to game. Uh, college games, it's, it's quarter to quarter. And then the NFL, it's play by play. And that's basically what happened to England. They went with one solid strategy throughout the whole thing. They they, they got worked out. Wales beat them. And then in the first half against Scotland, Greg Townsend went, mm, this isn't working, and put 34 points on them. So that that's exactly what happened. Okay. I think 
You cannot attribute that to strategies at all. But I can, I just have. <laughs> the, jo- the John Mitchell re-signing is clearly just to match Eddie Jones. Yes. Which, by the way, shouldn't Which... have even happened, to be fair. Because the plan was, I know when, he said it himself, I know when my job finishes. Turns out he didn't. And, you know, the RFU should have, should have put place, uh, plans in place, much like the WRU have, to have a fresh coaching strategy after that. Well, we'll see how successful that is. Because often, when coaches are known to be leaving after tournaments, it doesn't end well. And you've got I- all... Ireland, and, Ireland and Wales both going into the tournament. The knowing coaches their leaving. coaches are leaving. Yeah. Which are the famous coaches leaving failures then? I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. I just seem to know that is... Well, Schmidt never took Ireland to the World Cup and they were a disaster. Huh? Schmidt didn't take Ireland to the World Cup, did he? Last time around. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't his team. Or was it? I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. It was like Paul O'Connell and... Um, they were going to play in. Huh? Paul O'Connell played. Yeah, yeah. So it was that, it was that group of players... And then Schmidt took a, took over after the World Cup, didn't he? Uh, have, I made, have I made that up? I think he may have. Try to think who the previous Ireland coach was. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm desperate to say Eddie O'Sullivan, but that's like 20 years ago. Um, no, Schmidt's been there since 2013. So we did take him to World Cup. Yeah, correct. Well, that <laughs> that baffles me then because that was a dreadful performance. It, it was injuries. It was O'Connell. It was Bo. There was M- O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, there was multiple. And Ireland injuries. just don't get past quarterfinals in World Cups. That's just the. That's just what happens. The hilarity. The hilarity. Hilarity. Like Whatever that word the is. The All Blacks choke or win it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ireland are consistent at getting to quarterfinals, and no further. Hmm. All right. Well, we've got plenty of weeks to discuss how badly Ireland are going to fail. Yeah, it was Declan Kidney. With uh, Les Kiss as an interim coach in 2013, in between Declan Kidney and Joe Schmidt. There you go. So I was right. He didn't take him to World Cup. In 2013. Joe Schmidt had them for two years prior to the 2015 ah, World Cup. Ah, right, okay. So, uh, and then Declan Kidney and Les Kiss were before that, and then before that it was Eddie Sullivan. Correct. Yes. Got you. Excellent. Right, you've got, got uh, any more for any more? Uh, Love Island. Love Island. Oh, O'Gara going to La Rochelle. God, got no idea. Another how that... good move from for Ronan O'Gara potentially. Yeah. And I have no idea how that's going to work out because he's never been in charge of a team from what I can tell. And they're they're a good team. They are a bloody good team. They've got a massive pack. They've got explosive runners in the forwards. They've got some intelligent backs and dangerous runners. So should we um should we do a little bit of breathing just to centre ourselves? A great idea. Um, James O'Connor, why don't you lead things off? I feel good. It's in my nose. Tim, it's in my nose. As much Love Island. Yeah, let's go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 